Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. Good morning, church. It's always an honor to have the, the opportunity to deliver the message. Uh, Pastor Angel has asked me to, to talk about the third letter of John, uh, which happens to be a very, very short letter, right? Uh, I think Ali had the, the same challenge uh, last weekend. And, um, and I believe there are, there, is, there are a lot of details to learn about this, about this letter, but we're going to take advantage uh, of the fact that it's a very short letter, and we're going to read it all, all right? So I'm going to ask you guys to stand up to, to read the word together. <clears throat> so if you, if you don't have a Bible, you, you can grab one in front of you. And the third letter of John is on page 1105. And you are not going to find that page. I don't know why, but... One, 1104 is not there, 1105 is not there. So you have to pick 1103 and then uh, swipe two pages, all right? 1105 is the, is the page on the Bible in front, okay? So once we get it, we can say amen, amen. all right? So the Word of God says like this, <clears throat> The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when, when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, as strangers as they are who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we are to support people like this, that, they, that we, that we may, may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our, our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he's doing, what he's doing, talking weak nonsense against us. And not content with, content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want, who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much, much to, write you, to write to you, but I would rather not, not write with pen and ink. I hope, you, I, hope, I, I hope to see you soon. We will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends, the friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you because we have the opportunity of coming to this place to worship your name, Father, to gathering and share the love, Father, you have for us and the love that we have for you, God. Thank you, God, for your word because it allows us to know you better, Father. Thank you because you have revealed to us in, in such a wonderful way, God. Father, I ask you that you can speak to us directly to our hearts, Father, that you may put your words in my mouth, Father, and, uh, and that I can speak truth, Father, today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I don't know if you remember about uh, last week's uh, messages, but there is a difference between this letter and the previous letters. Did anybody see anything different by any chance? So the main difference that we see between these letters and the previous one is that the other ones were letters directed to the church. But in this case, this letter is directed to a person. It's addressed to a person. So this is going to be something different, and we're going to find a message that is more direct and more personal. What is the name of the person this letter is directed to? Very good. Gaius. The name is Gaius. Okay, and um, um, before before uh, um, we move uh, forward with uh, with the letter, we need to stop. We need to stop, and um, and and think. Uh, remember what we just read, right? What did John say? What did John say? He was planning to visit the church to visit Gaius, but he decided to make an stop, to make an stop and write. Why? Why did John have to make a stop and write to, to Gaius? I don't know if this happens to you guys, but sometimes when I live in work, right, after a long day, long hours, I had to send a quick text uh, to Corina, right? I say, prob- most of the times I summarize in that text the most important thing that is on my mind, that most often is I'm hungry, right? I say, honey, I'm hungry, right? So um, it's funny, but you know, she never has the time to reply, or she never has the time to to hold that quick conversation. And and she tells me, Rafa, okay, hold on. Why don't you wait until you got here, and then we talk about how hungry you are, and you know, all the things that happen in your work, you know. But it's interesting. Everything that we talk in that evening is going to turn around that short conversation that we had on the phone or that text message. And I see, I see she does it as well. Sometimes I call, some other times she calls me, and she tells me, Rafa, I can't stand Rebecca. So that for me is a clear sign that I have to go. I have to leave uh, work, and I have to go to a sister, and I have a clear idea of how the rest of the evening is going to be like. So... I, th- I see something like that happening in the, first, uh, in the third letter of John. John had something important to say before he went and visited his friend Gaius. Another thing that we have to, to consider when we, um, when we read this letter is that um, it's the context. It's the context, right? Context determines meaning. Context determine meaning. And I'm going to use a silly example, right? Maybe if we are here after church, uh, Cody, I text Cody and I, I, I say to her, Cody, I'm starving. That's not going to be any problem. Because she, we're going to probably sneak out to the back and we're going to grab those you know, 
fabulous sandwiches that Erica prepares. And that is not going to be a, you know, any issue, right? But if I left, if it's a day I left home at 6 a.m., right? And, you know, it's been 12 hours. I haven't had, you know, any, any meal. And I'm really starving. And I text her, like, honey, I'm starving. Probably she's going to get worried. And she's going to tell me, Rafa, all right. Hold on. I think it's, it's better before you kill yourself on the way home. It's, it's better that you, you know, um, take a break and grab something to eat. So the two sentences are the same. Honey, I'm starving. But the context is completely different. So context determines meaning. The other day I was on the, on the 595 going to Fort Lauderdale, and I saw this, this uh, publicity, this banner. Maybe it's, it's popular for you that says, your wife is hot. And I was like, what kind of you know, publicity is this one? All right, but then I read you know, in the small letters and says, you know, you better fix your AC, right? So context determines meaning. Con and we have to keep that in mind. We learned from last week that uh, Alex shared with us what is the context in which John wrote these letters. And it was a context in which it was very popular, very common that uh, teachers were traveling from place to place uh, spread, spreading news. There were some bad teachers trying to spread Gnostic uh, um, ideas, but there were also some good teachers, like the ones that John writes to in this letter. So this is the context in which John writes. I see, at least, I see, I have, I have put a title on this message, and I, and I wrote three letters in one, like, just like you just read there. Three letters in one, okay? Because I see that John wants to accomplish at least three things writing this letter. What are those three things? He wants to write a letter to encourage. He writes a letter to exhort. And he writes a letter to recommend. Okay? And we got, we got to keep those three points in mind. He writes a letter to encourage. He writes a letter to exhort and he writes a letter to recommend. As we go through all these three points, we're gonna, I think I'm very confident that we're going to be able to grab the central message of the third letter of John. Okay? Let's, let's uh, start talking about the, the first goal of this letter, that is a letter of encouragement. And we want to see that in the first three verses. Let's read again. It says, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all might go well with you and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. And we have to pull the brakes here, right, and try to understand who is the person John is writing to. And the first thing that I notice is that Gaius was a person who John loved. Gaius was a loved person by John, right? He actually called him beloved three times during the letter, right? But not only that, he says, John, he says, my beloved whom I loved in the truth. What, is, what does loving in the truth mean? And let me tell you, if you don't know what is loving in the truth after all these last uh, 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 messages, we got to put a capital F on all of us, right? If we don't know that. 
But I'm very confident that at least we know that loving in the truth is everything but something emotional or something that comes from our feelings, right? We know that this kind of love is based on the truth. Remembering that the truth is, is not something that we possess, it's not something that we know. We have to remember that the truth is something that God has revealed to us as a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Therefore, loving in the truth is loving in Jesus. It's loving based on the model of Jesus with all its implications. Another thing besides that Gaius was a very loved person by John that we have to see in this, in this uh, first segment is that John compliments Gaius. And we got to uh, pay attention to this detail. I love it. He says, Beloved, I pray that all might go well with you and that you might be, might be in good health as it goes well with your soul. You know, I, I understand this this way. John basically was saying that he was going to pray for Gaius' physical condition because he, spiritually, spiritually, he was as healthy as a person can be. Gaius, spiritually, was as healthy as a person can be. Let me ask you something. Do you know anyone like that? Do you anyone who is spiritually healthy? I do know one person that, it's, uh, that is like that, and it's, her name is Melissa. Okay? Melissa is a, it's a, the wife of a friend that I, I've, I've known her for probably 10 years ago. And um, Melissa, um, she suffers from a, from a disease that is called, I have it written down here, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is a terrible disease that compromises her nervous and muscle activities. I remember Melissa every Sunday, how she struggled, struggled to go to church. I remember uh, her uh, husband, Gonzalo, you know, struggling as well to lift her up out of the bed, put her on the car, getting out. I remember Melissa uh, telling me in secret, Rafa, well, every time I go to church, you know, every time the people come and kisses me, give me a, a hello kiss, it hurts in my skin. If you're going to do like this, don't do it softly. Do it hard because every time that you do like this, it, it's, it's painful for me. So going to church, it was a, a painful process for her. Even though Melissa, every time he couldn't go to church, she would cry. She would cry because she was not able to go to church. I made sure that I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, Melissa, every time that she, she, she had, she had an a, a electric chair, and this electric chair allowed her to stand up, right? Like, the chair would go up with her and down with her. And, you know, once she was at church, she was a completely different person. The pastor said, said all rise, and she would raise with her chair. All that, sit down, and she would sit down. And I used to tell her, Melissa, you don't have to do that, you know. Uh, I want to do that. If I have these chairs, I'll do that. I'll stand up, you know, whenever I can. I made sure that all my family met Melissa. Uh, recently, I had my parents go to her house to bring her some goods, uh, food, you know, uh, medical supplies that she needed. And that, 
you know, and the answer of my parents after they met her was the same that had my sisters that met her before that. Wow, that is a woman of God, Rafa. That is a person that you can see through her soul. For one moment, we, we basically for, forgot that she was a sick person. We went there to help her, and she helped us out. And my, and my parents, my family, they, they don't know Jesus. But they, they met Melissa. I can tell you, Melissa is a, is a person that is spiritually is very healthy. This has a lot of meaning to us, especially for, for, for those of us who tend to think that it's not possible to see the spiritual life of a person. I actually don't agree with that. Spirituality can be seen in a way, in the way others talk about you, even people that don't know you. So we first uh, um, saw that Gaius was a very loved person by John, and that Gaius was a person that spiritually was healthy. And we see another detail in, the, in this first segment of the letter. We see that Gaius was a person that actually walked in the truth. Let's read uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And this confirms the previous point, right? The spiritual condition of Gaius was something that was difficult not to be perceived by others around him. A life centered in Jesus is attractive to others. In these verses, John uses the expression, walking in the truth. Walking in the truth. John does not say that, didn't say that the brothers testify about the way John knew the truth. The brothers didn't talk about the way John heard the truth. The brothers talk about the way John walked on the truth. And this has a very interesting uh, um, connotation because walking in the truth means or denotes movement. Movement or an action. So you cannot follow Jesus without moving. Walking in the truth means action. It demands a dynamic style of life. I don't know if this has ever happened to you that you know a person uh, reaches out to you and, and asks you hey you know uh, it caught my attention the way you talk or the way you did something or the way you did this uh, it has happened to me a few times and I have to confess it's been awesome you know because it's like you feel that the way you are living is being noticed by others but there are some other times in which we live like you know we are just a regular person where just you know there is no difference between the way we live or we walk on this earth and the way others are walking and we have to be uh, aware of that good testimony from others is a consequence or a fruit of the way you walk on the truth even your enemies i love this proverb it's proverbs 16 7 it says when a man's ways please the lord even he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. 
When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. One of the things that I like the most about this first segment of the letter of John is that we have an example, a living example, of what everything John has talked in the previous letter and in this letter, and that is Gaius. We have a, a person that is loved, that knows how to, that is loved in the truth. We know, we, we have in this letter an example of a person that knows how to walk on the truth, and we have in this letter an example of a person that people have good testimony about him. So this is why this third letter uh, of John, one of the goals is to encourage this person. There is also another goal in this third letter of, the, of, uh, of John, and is, that is a letter of exhortation. Exhortation of what? We want to see it right away. Let's read verses from 5 to 8. It says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as, as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their, on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we might be fellow workers on the truth. So John was referring to the fact that Gaius had accepted people, missionaries, and, and, and he had helped them, right? Probably he gave them food, he gave, gave them shelters, even when they were strangers. Put more simply, I see here an exhortation of John to keep up the good work. And that good work is the practice of hospitality. The practice of hospitality. Uh, this is a so, such an important principle for the life of a Christian. I confess that I have always, always struggled with, with, this, uh, with this particular element because I, I am a very solitary person. And God, knowing, knowing everything about me, he always put me in test uh, on, on this area. Corina always says, Rafa, you will be happy living in Alaska, you know, nobody around. But fortunately, I know everybody is like me, right? There are some other people that they love having people, you know, come over, say they, they can have visits for hours, days, maybe weeks or months. Those are people that I really admire. I remember I have a, I have an aunt in Venezuela that and I used to spend all summers with, with her and, and, and my cousin, you know, uh, two guys that, that I love. We would spend the whole day playing, laughing, even, you know, uh, during the night until 4 a.m. we would laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And there is something that I, I remember, you know, uh, very interesting is that, you know, out of seven days on the week, at least four, we will have lunch with someone, with, with a visit, with someone that came and knocked at the door. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good, good, good. Okay, uh, I came, you know, just to, just to, you know, talk to you, you know, just to spend some time to you, with you, right? And it happened that this, you know, this, these people would stay like for a period of hours, Maybe the rest of the day, they felt so good in my aunt's house that they, they could spend the night. You know, I, I always ask my aunt the same question. Like, I, I said, Tia, did, did you actually know that these, these people was coming? And she would say, no. Aren't you mad about it? You no. Know, these people were as happy as they, could, as they could be. They didn't care. They were used to receive 
visits in their home. You know who was bothered by this? Me. I was bothered. Okay? I come to visit these people from Caracas. I, I was like four, four hours away. From Caracas. I come to visit these people and then they start receiving visits. No, I want all the attention from me. right? But these are people that know how to practice hospitality. Right? Now, hospitality is something that can be mastered, that can be conquered when it comes to people that you know. But what about when it comes to strangers? What about when it comes to someone that you, that you don't know? Now, let's consider for, for a second the current conditions, right? COVID, pedophilia, financial struggles, and so on. You know, you know probably better than me. Would you be willing to, to receive a stranger in your home under these conditions? I, mean, I imagine that some of us are going to have doubts, right? Well, let me, let me tell you something, and it's related to, to the song that we just sang. This only is possible between people that have one thing in common. They have been transformed by the blood of Jesus, and therefore they know how to walk and love in the truth. They know how to love and to walk in the truth. When I came uh, to this church for the first time, there was one thing that marked my heart, you know, that trapped me. It wasn't the music. It wasn't the pastor. It wasn't the message. It wasn't the, the AC. It wasn't... Do you know what it was? It was that I had a warm meal. I had a warm meal. And the, uh, and the, and the food was actually that warm. But the people that I had the meal with, they were, they were very warm. I remember the first time that I came to, to a Bible study here in the United States. I don't remember what, what the lesson was about. I don't remember it, you know, the people that were around in the study. But I do remember you know, how, how nice, how warm was Cano and Melissa at his place, at their place. Church, Let's do not underestimate the power of hospitality. Do not underestimate the power of hospitality. And I believe, you know, the second, you know, second thing that we have to, to, to um, capture in this letter is this exhortation to practice hospitality. There is a, a third goal in this letter, and that it is that John wanted to recommend. John wanted to recommend. It's a letter of recommendation. Let's read from verses 11 to 12. It says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. In this section, we see how John is calling to imitate good instead of evil, which is a topic that he has been stressing all over the previous letters. Just before this recommendation, he mentioned, it, he mentioned his intention of calling out one of the members of the church that is called Diotrephes. But we're, we're not going to get into that right now 
I, I suggest that you read that section uh, later on. What I want to point out is that he is recommending someone that is called Demetrius. Demetrius. And we have to think again, right, on the context of the, of the letter. If someone unknown, right, you know, randomly knocks at your door and asks you for food and shelter as a missionary, would you allow him to, to come in, to spend the night, you know, have, have a, you know, a meal with your kids? Or would that be a difficult decision? Someone randomly comes at your door. What would you do? Now, let's think in a, you know, another scenario. Let's uh, think that someone randomly that you don't know knocks at your door, right? And tells you, hey, I need help. I need shelter, food. I'm a missionary. I want to spread with you, you know, uh, the gospel. But I have here in my hand, you know, a letter handwritten by uh, Pastor Angel. Would that change things? I would think so, right? So this is one of the intentions of these letters to recommend these teachers that were traveling from place to place. I have had the amazing opportunity of uh, staying with people that I, that I don't know, that I have never met, you know, in other countries, in Uruguay, Ecuador. And re even though the activities that we did there were awesome, what I remember is the experience of being loved and loving you know, people that you have never met before. People that are completely, complete strangers to you. That is something that only can happen when you are united with someone in the blood of Christ. So, definitely, God wants to teach us a different concept of love. He reminds us time after time that love has more to do with welcoming strangers than the ones we naturally love. He reminds us time after time that he is pleased more when we pray for the ones who persecute us than for the ones who doesn't. He reminds us time after time that he expects us to overcome evil with good. He reminds us that he has offered in sacrifice his only begotten son and he has adopted us and loved us as his sons when the truth is that by nature we're not his. When I read the letter of the third letter of John, I see God again and again as in the entire scripture wanting to replace the values that we have learned in this world with the values of his kingdom. While the world pushes us further and further away, right now it's six feet, probably in the future it's going to be more, right? While the enemy that all of us, and I have to agree with Alex uh, there, that, you know, we have an enemy in our hands, and it's called the cell phone, right? The internet. While the enemy that we have in our hands pushes us to be more and more self-centered, while the world push, pushes us to be safe at home, we have in front the Word of God. We have a message of the third letter of John, that is very relevant today, that encourages us, that exhorts us, and that reminds us that there is no such a thing as a Christian as long as we don't experience that that is called loving in the truth and walking in the truth. And that is something, let me tell you, that you can know by your own. 
You need others to do that. Before I finish, I want to, I want to ask you a couple of questions. In this letter that we just read, how do you identify yourself? Do you identify yourself with Gaius, maybe? Do you identify yourself with maybe the missionaries that were traveling from place to place? I hope you don't identify with Diotrephes, that is the, the one being call, called out by, by John. Do you identify with Demetrius? He was also another person that had a good testimony. Which, which one is, your, is the one you identify with? But what I believe it is important is that we know where we are at. We have to know where we are at. Are we talking to the people that we have the opportunity to visit? Are we talking to them? Is our home a place where if people go, they will receive a good portion of hospitality? and they will receive the gospel. I pray that we can meditate on these things, that we can learn what is the central message of the third Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect, or listen to our library sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Letter of God.